success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And guess what? We have another amazing, amazing, invincible guest for you today. We have Shayla Boyd Gill, the Lux Your Business mentor and creator of the Lux Sales System, is an extraordinary and proven business mentor and sales strategist who shows women entrepreneurs how. How to have it all, family, freedom, and affluence while doing what they love. She teaches her clients to restructure their businesses and lives by boosting their high ticket sales so they can make more money in less time without a heavy client load. She juggles being an entrepreneur with being a wife of 24 years and mom of six homeschooled children let's take a moment to bow to this invincible woman shayla welcome to the she's invincible podcast you surely are invincible and i am so excited to have you with us today well thank you so much i'm really excited to be here with you today cammy too so thank you again Oh, this is so fun. I just, I don't, you had me at the six children, but then when you said homeschool, you stopped me dead in my tracks. I yeah, am most like, people are like, oh my God, really Shayla? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I was one of those people. I can't even imagine. Okay, well, let's do this. We have to tell this story. We can't wait a second. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible. Well, this is not a normal path that I've taken on the place where I am today, but I come from a place of being a birth worker. I was a childbirth educator and a doula, and I worked really hard building a fabulous business in the D.C. metropolitan area, very high paid um, clientele, and I burned out. I totally burned out, okay, because <laughs> I was like, the money is good. I can take on as many clients as I want to, but forgetting that I have so many children, sleep is important too. I literally worked until I said, I cannot do this anymore and still serve at the level that I need to serve with my clients. And so I realized I needed to transition. I needed to do something a little bit differently. So I went from birthing babies to birthing businesses through the coaching industry. And oftentimes some of my clients that I worked with that were my birthing clients, once they got to the point where they had their babies, they said, I don't want to go back to work. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And they were like, I don't know. I said, well, what are you good at doing? And they would tell me, I'm like, that could be a business. And so I came into my coaching business having a few clients already that transitioned from one business to another. And that's how I got here, started birthing businesses. And now we help people to scale their business. I love it. I have to ask you this question. Yes. Did being a doula help you with birthing six kids or was it the six kids that helped you be great at being a doula? So the truth is the first three children, they're the ones that helped me at being a great doula and childbirth educator because I left a career as an engineer, construction engineering, ground up construction. I was on the sites, like we're building, I'm in the trailers, working with the supervisor saying, you all don't get paid if you don't do what you need to do here. So I did that work um, through my, literally through the last pregnancy, I was on site in Baltimore at a job and I'm like, you know, I don't know that I need to do this long term. <laughs> this is a lot. And what I realized, I value time and I value my family. What I saw in that industry, it's a very male dominated industry, but it's 
relationships fall apart. I saw that a lot of the people that worked at the higher level in that industry, they were divorced or going through marital issues because we worked, I mean, literally we overpromised and overdelivered. So you were on call whenever you needed to be on call. And I did not like that. Although I put myself right back into another situation of being on call, I had more control of it. At least it was for me, not for someone else's organization. So the children helped me. When I left that job, I literally had to say, what am I good at doing? And my funny is I said, okay, I can do math. I'm good at engineering. I'm good at this thing. I'm like, but I don't want to do it anymore. So what else are you good at doing? I'm like, oh, I'm good at having babies. I've had great birthing experiences. But what I really noticed was my community. This is the truth. My community had really poor birthing experiences. And what I found is Either we didn't get the education that we really needed when it came to our bodies. We didn't know how to advocate for ourselves when it came to our actual birthing experiences. And so I would talk to women and say, oh, goodness, I had a home birth or I was at a birthing center. And they were like, well, I was in the hospital. I got sick and I got, you know, stitches and all of these experiences were horrible. And I'm looking around like, well, what happened to them? I didn't have that experience. And I realized I was when I had my first baby, I had a doula not knowing or understanding the value of that, but I also had a midwife and I was educated and nurtured the entire time. And I thought that all women were nurtured that way. Little to my knowledge, I'm like, oh, this is something that's needed. So that's what really threw me into that birthing piece. And I understood I could do it because I had a passion for it. I wanted other women to have amazing experiences just like I did. Oh my gosh. And now it sounds silly to even say what makes you invincible, right? <laughs> but let's give it to them anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's, you know, here's the thing. We, we are all invincible. We all go through our things, but I think you find your peace, your passion. And I know for a fact, if you work from a place of passion throughout the work that you do over the years, if you can find a way to infuse your passion into your work, it's so much easier to show up every day. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. So your expertise is selling high ticket programs. Oh my gosh. Giving women their life back, helping them yes. have it all. <laughs> oh, this is a dream right now, right? Especially in 2021, after this crazy year we had, and yeah. you know, women, a lot of women had to abandon their jobs to come home and be with their kids. And um, I know we talked about this before we hit record, but you know, when, when all the moms had to come home and homeschool, you were already in your groove, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other moms were like losing it for real. And I love what you said about how they would call you. So I would love to, uh, we'll touch on that a little bit too, before okay. we say goodbye today, but let's jump in to this selling high tickets over the phone. I mean, this, if this is not like timely, uh, you know, in 2020, every salesperson, uh, whether they were good at it or not was thrown into the reality of, yes. look, it's you <laughs> and the phone and maybe it's you maybe and the Zoom, phone, right? It's like this, this is all you got. There's no whining yeah. and dining. There's no happy hours. There's no golfing. There was none of the things that we, you know, typically think of in a sales situation. Uh, and so I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this. So let's just jump in. Well, here's the deal though, you know, even just thinking just over, over a broad overview of that, the phone is a tool that never expires. You know, no matter how many tools or how many different ways people tell you that you can sell, this is a tool that's dependable and it doesn't expire. So, you know, I see a lot of people saying, you know, phone sales are dead, you know, selling by the phone is dead. There's so many different ways. Yeah, there are different ways, but this tool is dependable. And as long as you use it properly, you can always make sure that you have cash flowing through your business. Oh, I love that. I love it. All right. Tell us everything you know about this. <laughs> so <laughs> what I love teaching and the way I, I really show up for my clients with my Lux sales system is just understanding there are five parts to this process. What you're really looking at when you're selling is number one, you need to have business clarity. You need to really be sure of the type of client that you really want to work with. And I love teaching people, you have to release what's no longer working with you, especially when you're doing high ticket sales. We all have this guilt of I'm leaving someone behind. The truth is there's someone for everyone, right? 
And if you're saying you want to sell high ticket, you cannot force high ticket down the throat of someone that's not going to pay high ticket. It doesn't work. And if maybe you've built your business through a low ticket model and you're going to the same people that have been buying $47 products from you or services, and you're saying, and now my service is $14,000, they're looking at you saying, something doesn't match here. So you have to make sure you're not talking above the people that, you know, that you really want to talk to, or you're not talking below. So let me tell you the difference. If we're talking below, say I want a high ticket client and they're making six figures or more in their business, but I'm saying, are you struggling starting your business? Is this, you know, are you having a hard time getting your first client? That's not talking to the client that I want to reach. So the message doesn't match. If I'm talking above that client, I may be saying things like, you know, are you ready to sell your business? Are you ready to do this again? I'm not meeting them where they are. And so the client, the person listening is confused. They're, we're not captivating their attention because they're saying this message must not be for me. So you have to make sure that you're really matching that perfect client and you're aligning yourself with them and releasing all the other ones that are no longer a fit for you. Meaning you might send them to someone else. You might have resources, but it's okay. Focus on your core group. And don't get distracted trying to reach the masses, but instead focus in on a more exclusive group that you really want to work with. That's the first thing that I can offer your, your audience. I love that. Oh my gosh. And we say that all the time. Like, are you speaking to your target market? And they're all like, yes, yes, yes of no. course I am. <laughs> Meanwhile, right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. What you said about, you know, you're selling a $47 ticket, you know, and then all of a sudden it's 14,000. <laughs> yes. I think I might've done that once or twice. We you all know, have, we all you. have. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, where do you come from? <laughs> They're like, what is that? And who is that? And and just know your higher ticket client probably doesn't play in that arena. You know, when I, when I look at my clients and the playground that my clients play on, they're probably not buying a lot of tripwire offers. They know what they want and they typically are very decisive. They know I want something and I want an elevated experience. They're not playing around with baby offers. That's not what my clients do, but you need to know where your clients are, where they tend to play if they like to have a taste or if they like to go straight for the gusto. Oh, that's such great, great wisdom. Okay. Give us number two. All right. Number two is you want to make sure that you have what we call a Lux offer. So your Lux offer is something that needs to be captivating. You know, it should, it should feel for my clients, I want it to feel luxurious. So I always say there, you have a Lux spot. Okay. So your Lux spot is that thing that you're really good at, like your gift, your genius zone. If you focus on selling and creating from that Lux spot versus creating these broad programs that overwhelm people, you're going to have a better chance of selling the program and getting the result for the client. Oftentimes we um, associate high ticket with, I have to give a lot of value. So it needs to be a lot of things. So you overstuff your programs to make it feel valuable. So you'll notice people are selling you're like, and then you get these 13 bonuses plus the program plus 200 templates is it really necessary or is it you don't value what you have? There's something I feel like you're making up for some kind of value there when there's so many extras added on. Because again, that Lux client, the client you really want, they're not looking for 500 bonuses. They're looking for the right solution. And if your solution has to be packaged with all of these other pieces just to make it feel like it's worth it, you need to reevaluate that and re recreate the offer. So I work with my clients often to help them to restructure their programs and services so that they don't have to overstuff it. They're not over delivering on their time. They're making sure their clients are getting results. That's the biggest thing. You're making an impact and making sure your clients get the results. That's more important. I love that. And I just want to yell out like, listen up coaches, right? Because that's what happens. You end up in a funnel and it's like, you go, you go to look at this one thing and then there, this pops up and this pops up. And the next thing you know, this 
one program goes from even if it was 47 to like a thousand because of all these extra things that you can get and then get this for free and that for free. Right. Oh, I love and, that. And people aren't buying free. I mean, people don't mind investing. This is what I love to tell people. Your clients don't mind investing, but if you treat them like you're piecemealing, like they're buying groceries, that's a problem. <laughs> Wouldn't you say that's a good sign that you're not attracting your target market if you Absolutely. have to do that? Because that higher level market isn't looking for, like you said, a million things, right? They yeah. have that one thing. They already know what they're looking for. And if you have it and they find you, they buy it. There's no sell, right? There's you're no like, sell. Yeah. Yep. The, the, they ring the bell. Like I found what I was looking for. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and remember people are busy. We're busier than ever right now. Do you really have time to go through 500 pro free programs that are bonus into I your know, thing? I know I don't. <laughs> I know. <Yes. laughs> I bought yes. them before too. And I'm like, what is this? I don't even know where to start. It's too much. They should let us gift them, right? Let's <laughs> Give it to a friend. <laughs> give it to someone. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, or they're old right. and, you know, even worse than that. And I just, I love putting my industry on blast. You're selling or giving bonuses of old antiquated subjects or old um programs that you had where that process is you're not even using that process anymore so i'm asking why are you giving that away it looks good yes it has a value but you don't even use that anymore but you're expecting these clients to use that it's not going to get them to where they need to be right now yeah that sounds like a bad idea all the way Very around so. yes <laughs> all right let's go for number three Number three, we are going into our pricing. So your Lux pricing is important, especially when you're um, selling high ticket. So people say, well, Shayla, where should I start my pricing? Do we just throw a number on it? Absolutely not. I really teach my clients how to price through our pricing matrix. But what I can tell you is like, if you have a shorter term program, you may be looking at pricing anywhere from $2,000 to $15,000. Like short term might be three months, six months max, okay? If we're looking at longer term programs, you're probably looking at something 20,000 up to 100,000 or more. So that helps them to have a range. So if you're coming to me and you have been selling at 497 or 997, my thing is like, can we double, triple, quadruple that? But again, package it properly so it makes sense. You don't need to get on a sales call for a $1,000 program. That's not necessary. People can make a decision, $997, $1,000. I can make a decision. I don't need to talk to you. I can decide if I want it. When we're starting to hit into that $5,000 range, I might need to say, okay, let's just have a quick conversation. And these conversations don't have to be long, but just know you can have fewer clients and still make more money with a high ticket offer. That offer, when you look at your pricing, if I have to have a, a product that's $500 and I want to have a $10,000 a month, I need 20 clients. But if I had a $5,000 offer, I only need four clients. Which one would you rather have? That is my favorite math. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Okay. Number four. All right. Number four, we're getting into what I call selling and giving, which is really important to me. Number one with the selling, um, everyone has a sales strategy and I would encourage you to have your strategy, but we want to make sure that when you're approaching selling that you are selling from a conversation place. So when we're getting on the phone, there are three L's I'm going to give you. When you're on the phone having a sales call, you want to make sure, number one, that you are listening, okay? The biggest mistake we get on the phone is we, we have a, an idea in our head. And as the person's talking, you're already creating that next response. And so you don't, number two, learn what you need to know about them. So typically on a, a sales call or a discovery call, you're discovering, right? You're discovering if we're a good fit. You're finding out what their history has been, what their goals are, what they plan to do moving forward, what's worked and what's not worked. But if you're not listening, you're going to miss key indicators, key things that they will tell you that you can then make an offer and you realize you didn't hear anything they said. It's not a match. So you're learning. You're going to listen. You're going to learn. And you will lead L-E-A-D as in David. I want you to lead your calls. You have to show up as the authority. A lot of times people will get on a call and you might get with Chatty Kathy on your call and Chatty Kathy will take you in a different direction than 
where you need to be in a discovery call, you'll have a great conversation and then hang up and realize you didn't even make an offer because you had such a good conversation or you'll get grumpy Greg. Grumpy Greg will get on the call and say, all right, how much is it? <laughs> You're not leading that call. If they're getting on the call saying, how much is it? Just, just tell me the price. That may not be the client you want to work with because this person wants to be the authority. But if you show up and set the table at the front of your call, you let them know, hey, we're going to have this call. It's approximately 30 minutes. So excited to talk to you. I may eventually, you know, cut you off sometimes just to make sure we get back on track for the conversation. But are you okay with this? Yes, I'm okay. Great. So you've already gotten the first yes. And you've already told them I'm in charge with grace, of course. And you're making sure the call goes the right way. But I'm gonna give you a bonus L. The bonus L is leave, L-E-A-V-E. There are sometimes you'll get on a discovery call, sales call, whatever you want to call it, and you need to leave the call. If you get grumpy Greg, that's being disgruntled, doesn't want to cooperate, is not willing to answer questions, is being rude, you can always say, you know what? I already see this isn't a great fit. And I thank you so much for your time. And you hang up. I don't mind leaving a call. I give people their terms and you're not obligated to sell to anyone. You have a choice to discover if you're a good fit. The discovery call, you're not selling until the end. You're discovering if you're a good fit, if you both are a match. I'm actually interviewing you. Are you a match to work with me? And you are interviewing me. And then if I have a solution, I will offer that solution, but I'm not obligated. If I don't have the solution for you, I can offer you a resource. I can even refer you to someone else because I'm only looking for right fit clients. Oh, Shayla, that is so brilliant. I yes. love that. Just giving people permission to like, just end the call. Like, Let it go. We're still discovering <laughs> and we've discovered that this isn't going to work, right? We're discovering your butt, right? Okay. You're not... <laughs> That's what we discovered. And I don't want to work with you. So oh, that happens. That so freeing, isn't it? Like, to it just, is. Freeing. I know people are listening now thinking, oh, thank you for permission. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, how many of you, I've sat through a call before where I'm like, oh, let me get off of this call. You <laughs> knew it wasn't going anywhere. And you felt like you just had to chop through some kind of script someone gave you. I'm like, no, we're not doing this anymore. We don't waste oh, time. Time is valuable. Yeah. Imagine the reality of that. If you can't get through the discovery call with the person, how are you going to work with them on a high ticket program for a long period of time? But here's yeah. what really happens, though, Cammie. Once you tell people the call has to end, they will immediately try to course correct and say, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. You know, no, go ahead. What were you saying? And I'm like, nope. Do not be seduced, right? <laughs> don't be seduced. It's manipulation is real. And I don't go for manipulation. I'm like, we don't have time for that. That's not important. Oh, no, nobody's got time for that. Oh, no Shayla, more. this is great. So yes. the piece that I think is really important, if I did nothing else for my clients, is making sure that they make an impact too. If I make an impact on their lives, I want them to make an impact on someone else or some other people. And so what we really look at is what's your giving movement? What is it that you're going to do with all of this joy and freedom and time and money that you're able to have. We set those goals in the beginning when we create their Lux program. So as they're selling, they understand, are they giving money? Maybe they're giving a portion of each program they sell to an organization, or they may have some individual that they want to support. You know, it may be a giving of time. If I don't have to work as much, I have fewer clients, more free time for myself and more money. I may be able to donate some hours to work for this organization and volunteer and do something that's for the good. You know, it may be me offering a free slot of some training for someone or an organization that normally couldn't afford the work that I do. So giving needs to be a really big portion of your business. It should be the impact portion. And what I love to say is we want, we don't want to make this an afterthought. We want people to think about it and plan for it from the beginning. Don't wait until December 29th to decide, Oh, there's a little bit of profit. I might be able to give something, build it in from the beginning. 
Oh, giving back, adding value, making an impact in the world, right? And Mm -hmm. But I love how you strategically put that in the beginning of the plan. So as they, you know, that's almost like an indicator of success, right? When you see that kick in, like now I can give, whether like you said, time or money or both. Um, But it's like, it almost is representation of you have reached this part of the goal. And now we're activating this giving part. And the more we do, the more we can give. I love that. Yeah, it's really cool. And I I love watching my clients do it because they tend to set theirs up on quarterly giving. And so when we meet up quarterly, they'll say, I just did this or our organization was able to contribute this much. And so we keep track of everything they've been able to give. And it's just amazing to celebrate and just see the joy on their face because they work differently to be able to reach that goal. It wasn't just a money goal. Like it's easy to say, I want to be able to sell this many programs so I can make multiple six figures. That's cool. You can go get a job and do that too. But when you're doing it for a different reason beyond your big why, if you attach your impact or your cause to your why, you will more than likely stick to that why a little bit longer. Oh, I love it. And, and definitely it will help you go to the next level because giving feels so good, right? Yes. So you're like, oh, I want to give more. And so you'll work more and you'll you'll do more and go further so you can continue to create that. Yes. I love it. Okay. And then we have number five. Number five is the piece that we forget. Okay. So number five is your Lux CEO lifestyle. We spend so much time being the boss of our business, working in the business, trying to sell, trying to make money in the business, but then something gets depleted or forgotten. Even if we have more time now, we forget to take care of ourselves or we are still doing everything in the business because you're superwoman, right? And so you're running the household, you're running the business, and now it's time for you to really start considering how can you be supported? Does this mean that we need team? It doesn't mean that you need a huge team, but do you need one or two people that can come in and take a little bit more off of your plate so that you can focus on just the greatness that you have? Do you need to focus on your health? Do you need to focus more time on your, with your children? Or with your partner, you know, just we we want to give you freedom. You say you want freedom. You left corporate because you wanted to have more time. Now that you have the time, let's use it so that you don't end your career as an entrepreneur and say, wow, that sucked up all of my time and there's nothing left to be able to celebrate because of it. Even building in time off, vacations, those are the things I really remind my clients to do because we can go put our heads down and say, I'm working in the business, I'm making money, I'm doing great things, I'm giving back, I'm making an impact, everything's working, but boy, I'm tired. You know, I'm exhausted. And I'm seeing, I this part hurts me because I see many women um, younger women now, you know, women in their forties that are suffering from diseases that are dealing with stress, dealing with depression. And what we know about stress, stress starts, that's like the starting point for lots of diseases in our body. And if we ignore that, because we have that go, go, go mentality, that hustle mentality, it's not a fit for us. We weren't meant to hustle. I don't hustle and I don't teach my clients to hustle. We sell, we do what we need to do. We give back, we make an impact, but we believe in taking care of ourselves. So a lot of that, what we include is before our friend Rona came, um, <laughs> we travel, we will go places and take care of ourselves. We celebrate, you know, you have to celebrate, learn how to celebrate yourself more as a CEO, because we can be very humble. Like, oh yes, I'm selling. I've made big things happen, but I'm not going to tell any people. I need us to step up and be CEOs also so that you, you have a business. If you do decide to sell it, you know, it's structured properly. It can be sold. It's structured properly. It can be funded if you need it to be funded. But all of these pieces need to be put into place. Oh, that is so brilliant. And I love that last one. I feel like that's what I've been doing this year. I'm yeah. creating that Lux experience, trying to figure out like, what do I want to do next? And where do I want to live and travel to and all of that. And so I'm finally getting to that place. And that feels so good. It and feels amazing, right? <laughs> it does. And I mean, I've always been a big advocate for self-care, but mm-hmm. uh, this is this is that next level of like, how do you want to live? How, you know, who do you want to live around? What do you want to be doing? 
And um, it is, it, it, it makes me want to work more to continue to create that bigger next step. So I know that works and I love that you're (laughs) teaching that in your programs. That is amazing. Well, speaking of your programs, let's talk a little bit about this Lux, your business experience. This is so amazing. It sounds just dreamy to me. I'd love to hear what you're doing with that. Yeah, so the luxury business experience, I'm really excited about this. Um, This is where I really gather, if we were in person, we would, but we're gathering virtually to all of those steps I just taught you. We gather virtually to actually create those together, workshopping together to make sure that you have a leverage offer that you can use to be able to sell more and make that big impact. So during the luxury business experience, we're walking through your right fit client. We're also making sure we look at what's the leverage offer that you want to have. And we refine that. We also play with your pricing, which is important because that's where people need to breathe. They're like, you want me to charge how much for that? But I want you to think about what it would feel like to really immerse yourself in that pricing and be able to say it out loud and not feel guilty about that. Um, We also bring on people to help you with your Lux branding. Branding is important. If you're going to have a Lux price point, you want to make sure that it fits. The look fits it, right? So we're looking at ways you can market it. Also supporting you. We start diving a little bit into what would, if you had to bring on a team member, what would be the first position that we bring on and we work from there. So it's an experience for you to see what your next level can look like to really map it out and then make your decision. Are you going to go there or are you going to stay where you are? I love for people to be decisive. You have, you have a decision to make. You can decide to stay where you are, which might be working for you, or you can decide to elevate and do something on a bigger and grander scale. And we help you to do that through the experience. That is amazing. And so click the link in the show notes and you can find out all the information that you need about the next Lux, your business experience. So everything will be in the show notes for you. Just click the link and you can get all the information and be able to reach out to Shayla. So Shayla, I just am so excited about all of everything that we've talked about, everything that we've shared, and even just about your journey. And I was thinking it might be a fun idea to give our listeners a little bonus today. So I love, you know, when you watch a movie and it's like the things that got cut and the bonus material. So we're going to give a little bonus material today on this movie. And that is about mom's homeschooling. OMG, you have homeschooled six children. You are still currently today homeschooling three, right? Yes. Three. Oh my gosh. In 2021. And uh, we know, you know, with the, what came with this pandemic was a whole lot of change for moms, uh, moms that are entrepreneurs and uh, many of them were called back home, had to give up their jobs, their careers and become homeschool moms. Uh, and listen, we're not all cut out for that. Like, yeah, but the rest of us are just drowning. Right. And so I thought it'd be fun to give some bonus on homeschool moms. So let's speak to the moms today and give them some of your top tips. Okay. So I'll give you three. I'm going to give you you. three. Yes. Because I definitely felt like I was drowning when I first started. The first thing I said was I'm not a teacher. I'm an engineer. I, I, why would I decide to do this? And I don't think I told you the reason I chose to do this, but really quickly, um, the reason I decided to homeschool is when I did leave my job, I was talking to my son's teacher. He was in first grade and she was like, he's brilliant. He's doing an amazing job, but we don't have the support to be able to help him at the level he's at. He's so smart. We don't have extra support in the school to be able to support him with that. And he's too immature to go to the higher class. And so she says, I'm afraid if he stays here, and she was very frank, I'm afraid if he stays here, we're going to dumb him down. And looking at where he is, I would hate for that to happen. She says, so you should put him in either private school or you can homeschool him. Private school was not an option for me because I was like, my budget does not allow private school at this time. I just left my job. We don't have that. And so that's why we started homeschooling. What I understood with homeschooling, the first thing you have to do, because I, there were many months I cried. I literally, I was like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do it because I only knew my way of learning. 
one thing you need to recognize is each child learns differently. So whether you're teaching one child or or multiple children, each one learns differently. I can see why the classrooms are the way that they are. I can understand why children fail now, because if every child learns different, but you're teaching them one model of learning, there's going to be chaos. Someone's going to fall behind. That's just a natural fact. And so I had to learn the learning style of each of my children. I had to give myself enough grace to slow down and not try to speed them up to be super children, but slow down to understand how they learn and cater to their learning style. That's the first thing. Number two, don't try to make it like school. It's, it was homeschooling. You're, if you're in the midst of this COVID, you're not at school. They don't have 20 kids in a room. The reason they structured their day from nine till three or whatever the school day is in your district is because you have so many children in a classroom, you have to structure the time that way. But because this is not school in a building per se, you can have shorter periods of time for learning for your kids. They don't need a whole day to learn. Little buckets of time are going to feel better for both you and for the child. You're going to relieve some of that pressure. You're going to stop trying to make it replicate school. It's just not the same. And they learned that um, last year, even putting kids on Zoom, trying to duplicate a school day. Kids don't, they don't, they can't focus that long. (laughs) It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The other thing, number three, and here's the piece that I still deal with. um, Learning has changed. (laughs) They teach things differently. (laughs) They have their new math and other new things. And so you're going to say to your child, this is how we do multiplication, or this is how we do long um, division. And they're like, well, no, they do it with this big box thing. And it's like 15 steps. So you're going to say, just do it my way. And you're going to say, but I have to do the work to show the work. Be patient. Try to figure out their way and keep your way too, because our way works better. I promise you. <laughs> but it's all about patience. Be very patient with them. Ask your kids how they're doing. Ask them how they're feeling. Um, They're going to have their moments where they're overwhelmed. Take a break when kids are overwhelmed. Go for a walk outside if you can. Um, Take a snack. (laughs) Do something a little different. Take a break from the screen. It's the best of it that you can. That is so hopeful right there. And everything you said is spot on. Like every child learns differently. Why do you need a seven or eight hour school day if you have three kids in front of you and they have, you have all their attention. Everything makes sense what you just said. And if you think about actually a school day, how much time are they really actually doing work? Right. Right. They're moving (laughs) from class to class. They're going to lunch. They have recess. They're in. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love it. Oh, you're so brilliant. Well, this has been so fun. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Sure. The easiest place to go to find me would be my website. If you go to shaylaboydgill.com, that way you can find all of my social media links, lovely freebies on there for you and other things too. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, Shayla, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs and we are going to share their expert zone of genius. You have done that so beautifully today. Thank you so much. Thank you. We also promise them that we are going to pull back the curtain. You'd see the Shayla that sits before me today is not the same 
Shayla that started this journey many, many years ago. And so while people look at you and they think, oh, she's so smart and she's just brilliant and she's beautiful and she's confident and she's impacting the world and she's a homeschool mom, right? They want to be, they want to have what you have, but they don't want to take your journey. They don't want to have to deal with what you've had to overcome. So right now we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share the journey of Shayla and tell these people they can do it too. So we're giving them hope right now. Let's start with a story about the good. Share with us a story about the good part of your journey. So the, the good part of the journey and what I'm really proud of is knowing when it was time to pivot from the birthing business to a different type of business. I didn't want to fail because I totally burned out. I saw the writing on the walls and I knew I needed to do something different. I thought ahead, like, what could I do that wasn't so radically different? So even though I was helping women to birth babies, I understood there was a process this structure. I understood structure. I understood how to put things together. And so I was easily able to go over into the coaching world and say, how did I put the birthing business together? What are the steps that I took to do that? I documented that and I created a coaching program very simply. Now, it wasn't magic, but I was able to pivot and transition out of that birthing before I totally burned out and lost myself in it. I love that. I love that. So basically you can help people birth babies or businesses. Whatever you <laughs> I want. love it. That's right. <laughs> We're all about the birth here. Oh, that that's amazing. And how great did that feel that you didn't have all the stress because you had that smooth transition and that strategy already set up that you were able to duplicate. Yes. Oh, I love that. That, that, me, that really feels like um, a really great way to birth a new business. Yeah, so, it yeah. was fun. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. As fun as that is, we have to talk about the band. Yeah. So, yes. Could you share a story with us about the band part of your journey, something you overcame? Yes. And so the bad part of the journey was I understood how to do business. I understood how to make money. I understood how to make people feel amazing, um, how to secure clients. All of that was great, which meant I was very busy and I'm busy making sure I get more clients and make more money. What I wasn't doing was tracking the money. And so what I love to tell people is you can easily make a lot of money, right? But I made a lot of money, didn't quite track all the money that I made. So I love to give the story. If you make and you spend 101, what are you? Broke. (laughs) I found myself in that place, broke, busted and bankrupt. Okay. And so what was really the, the bad piece was I went through bankruptcy after my first business and I had to have a moment of, whoa, you know, can you imagine showing up to births like, oh, I got to go to the court tomorrow. Cause um, <laughs> I'm bankrupt, but you can't say that to the client because you don't want them to worry. I realized in that moment, you need to make sure not only are you serving and creating the business, but you need to track every dollar. And it's common sense. It sounds like common sense, but it can slip out of your hands very quickly. Okay. And so I learned that lesson. It was an embarrassing lesson, but a valuable lesson. But bigger than that, I had to learn to forgive myself after that process because I'm like, how crazy. You knew better than this. You did not have to take this route. Instead of beating myself up, I had to give myself enough grace to forgive myself. And it took time. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, the next week I was great. No, because I was prideful, very prideful. And in that moment of being prideful, I had gone and, you know, I went through the bankruptcy. Then I started sharing, um, started the coaching business. And even though I was past the bankruptcy, I was still holding on to you messed up money. And so when I first started coaching, I didn't have a high ticket offer. I was keeping it really like amicable prices is what I will call them (laughs) prices. I knew that I could get paid for being a coach. And I talked to one of my coaches and she says, you know, Shayla, the only reason you're not back where you were is because you keep treating yourself like a liability because you made one mistake, you're punishing yourself and you've been punishing yourself for years, treating yourself like a liability. And she says, your situation won't change until you start treating yourself like an asset. I was blown. I was blown because I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. And someone had to reflect to me that 
it's a mistake that you've gotten past and they have a resource bankruptcy so you can get through it, but you're so prideful that you're holding on to it. And it was a bad moment. I literally, I couldn't get through like, what will happen if I did it again? Are people going to trust me? Is anyone going to want to pay me this kind of money? Is my family going to trust me being a business owner? Like so many things are going through my head, but no one was judging me, but me. And that my friends is how the money story is developed, right? That's where it starts. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh, that is so powerful. Did you have the Lux experience before that? Or did that come after you got the money thing fixed? That came after I fixed my money mindset. Because I I literally had um, programs I gotten up to right after that, I created a program called Money Freedom because it was me freeing myself. And after I went through my process, I created a a product called Money Freedom. And I started teaching other women because I started attracting because I was telling the story and I was attracting women in the same situation. I'm like, oh, there are other people like me. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there, when I realized this is where I said, you have to know when it's time to shift your audience. I graduated from that place of money freedom to I'm Lux now, you know, I I'm high ticket. And I'm like, you can't keep talking about money freedom. If you're wanting to attract a higher level client, because I was attracting more women that had gone through financial hardships, which was fine. I needed that at the time I needed to show there's another way. But after that, I'm like, we got to get beyond this. It's time to go to the next level. That is so amazing. So, so would you say that in your, your bed, it was a pivotal moment, right? That took you to the best part of the business of what you're enjoying today and the success of your company. Absolutely. I I had a feeling that was going to be the answer, but I was ready for whatever you said, but I thought (laughs) I can't not ask this question because I know how much the, those money stories can hold us back. So ladies, oh my gosh, if you've got a messed up money story, story you need a lux experience yes you, you do to, yes you, you need <laughs> shake to it up shake it up <laughs> yes you need to run to shayla and get this figured out because this will this will make or break you yes, yes. right absolutely all right well this has been fun but we have to go to ugly now so yeah could you share and i know we we laugh and smile through the ugly today right it feels like it's the worst thing ever as we go through it but mm-hmm. looking back look how grateful we are so share with us one of your ugly stories so ugly story is we moved to coaching and i was really excited one of my first um, speaking experiences so i had a, a one of our I, I think i bought someone's really low ticket coaching program and they were teaching us how to have a talk and sell from the front of the room. I'm like, yes. And so I went into the chamber of commerce and had a talk and I was really excited. Now I thought that I just nailed this because I got 35 people signed up for strategy sessions with me. 35 people, like think about this. If you get 35 people that sign up, like literally on your calendar, How many of those people do you think that you can close if you had 35 leads that signed up for a discovery call with you? How many do you think you could close? You're asking me? Yes. Yeah, I would say probably uh, out of 35, probably seven or eight, maybe. Yeah, that's what most people would answer, right? So let me tell you what really happened. So what really happened was 10 of the people never showed up for their time that was booked on my calendar. And I'm booked out for two weeks now, okay? 10 people just never showed up. They were like, what appointment? We didn't have an appointment. And then 25 of the people actually showed up on a call with me, had the most amazing strategy sessions with me and left the call feeling amazing. And I was left broke again because no one purchased anything from me. I'm like, I'm looking like, how do you have 35 people and you didn't sell anything? I gave everyone an amazing strategy on each call and they walked away saying, let me go and implement this thing that you just told me to do. And then I'll call you back later. What I didn't understand, and this is why it's so ugly. I didn't understand how to do true sales calls. Okay. I didn't understand the discovery process. I had conversations and I was coaching each one of these calls, people got a full coaching session where I gave them a strategy. I was just good at what I was doing. Okay. What they did, they either implemented or they took their strategy and went to someone else and paid them to help them to implement it. 
and left me just sitting back, concerned, worried, stressed out, needing the money again, and trying to figure out what did I do wrong. And what I learned was I, I coached on every call. So I immediately said, you need to get some help. You need to learn how to do this the right way. Humble yourself just a little bit more. You're going to have to invest in a higher level coach because you have to figure this out. You cannot afford this a mistake again. Oh, Shayla. And now today you're ending those calls early because those early. people are not a good fit and you don't want to work with them. They're not, oh. a good fit. but bigger than that, I have such an amazing filtering process through my applications that I'm only talking to people that I really want to talk to. And I understand there's a process for a discovery call. <laughs> and I, I had to learn what I didn't know. I had to learn what I didn't know. And, uh, you know, and it was ugly in that moment because I'm like, how am I going to explain these, my book, my calendar being booked for two weeks and there's not one dollar that came from it. Not one. Uh, yeah. That's devastating. Plus it's Very a blow to your ego as well. You're oh, like, what's wrong with me? It makes well, you second guess. I'm like, I can go birth another baby. I can go help someone. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're not that tired. Triplets, right. right. <laughs> And people were still calling saying, Hey, are you sure you're not helping any clients with babies? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, let me say, yes, I need some money. Hold on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, But look at you. And I love what you said is like, you went and got help, right? So, you know, to our listeners, that's such a powerful message. If you're still doing something that has not brought you the result, go get help. Please. Yes. I mean, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. And so really like really assess where you are today. And if you are doing the same thing and getting the same results and they're not the results you want, really, I want to encourage you to reach out to Shayla. Well, Shayla, this has been just a joy to have this conversation with you and just to listen to all of your stories and the things that you had to overcome to enjoy the success that you have today. And before we say goodbye, I would love to just have you finish this sentence for me. Okay. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. Oh, if more people knew to pause before they speak, we could save a lot of people that way. If you just pause before you respond, um, before you react, before you catch a feeling, <laughs> the world would be a better place. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And to our listeners, if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Shayla. You can do it. It's you know what? It's just a moment. It's just a moment. But you can create the next moment if you get up. Ah, Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.